Good evening. How are you, TJ? I'm very well. It's good to chat. Well, it is indeed. It's uh, well, actually we've chatted quite recently, but it, it seemed curtailed to me. I've got news here. I'm tired again. This is we're, we're approaching my bedtime in approximately three minutes. <laughs> yeah, I think we may need to move our uh, recording time back a bit for both of us. Well, I mean, that's going to be be challenging for you. You've got you know all that sort of grown up worky stuff to do. Mm, well, there's a ways and means, ways and means. Okay, all right. Well, I look forward to hearing more about that. <laughs> cool. So, right. Uh, well, where are we? Where where are we with the house purchase? How's that going? So, was Dine looking at insurances today? That was fun. Oh, joy. Yeah, so buildings and contents and life and all those various kinds of insurances that you're both compulsory to the purchase and non-compulsory. And there's a whole thing in there. So... Yeah, lots of interesting numbers. Um, less than I had initially thought. I think there's this weird student mindset that I'm in where I think everything's going to cost you know, lots of zeros. And then it's not as many zeros as I had anticipated. Uh, but there's just lots of things. So I guess that's where it comes from. Sure. But yeah, all good. Yeah, insurance. Uh, it's one of those things. Complete waste of money until you need it. Um, and then suddenly <laughs> it seems like a really good Best thing. investment, yeah. So I looked on the system today. Best estimate of completion is the 11th of December. Okay. So right. that's about, and I was told from several people, so a couple of whom have a lot of experience with this, 12 weeks is about standard. And sure enough, the 11th would be spot on about 12 weeks. I think it could be faster. I think we might get in till end of November, but we can but see. Sure. Are you, are you in a chain? Do you know? Is nope. It? No chain on either side. So hopefully... Speedy. All right. Okay. Well, fingers crossed then. But yes, that's uh, consuming a good chunk of my life right now. Yeah. If if it's not your actual life, it's uh, it's energy thinking about yep. it, isn't it? Yeah. What about you? Are you just uh, enjoying yourself, sunning yourself in the uh, the tropics? Uh, well, I mean, there's certainly plenty of sun about. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's it's kind of kind of strange in this sort of weird half world between being uh, on holiday and um, being sort of organised and starting a new chapter. And, yeah. Um, I'm, and consequently, sort of being neither. <laughs> <laughs> Worky work on Hollybobs. Yeah, it's all sort of you know, um, it, it's more sort of sitting there feeling guilty about not having done enough worky work. <laughs> um, nor indeed done any holly bobbing. Yeah. So it, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of odd. Um, but I think, I think we're getting there. There's, uh, uh, <clears throat> as one might expect, uh, despite um, the whole sort of EU, we're all one big place myth. Yeah. Um, there's an enormous amount of paperwork that needs to be done. And, uh, our belongings are due in port uh, on Saturday, um, but that will have little or no bearing upon when we get our stuff. Yes. Um, there's still a whole load of hoops that we need to to jump through, um, and one of one of which is I have to go and 
successfully argue that I'm entitled to import my car without duty um, or take an awful lot of money with me. Mm. Uh, which is a slightly adversarial way of doing it, really. But, um, uh, there you go. I suppose it focuses the mind quite well. Yeah. So, yeah, there's all that sort of stuff to do, and um, it's hot, and really anything to do with bureaucracy in heat. Um, I mean, I find bureaucracy tiresome at the best of times, but it's hot. <laughs> yeah, beyond 30 degrees, really... it's no bueno. Yeah, it's like, you know, I, I come down from my little mountain hideaway where it's a bit cooler. Uh, and immediately feel hot. Then I have to deal with traffic. Um, yeah. And with the greatest deal of respect, um, Mediterranean driving has a has a different sort of uh, set of rules. A lethargic to slant, or no lethargy is, is is possibly one thing they don't do. I mean, um, <laughs> most of the, most of the drivers that I've seen today um, are consuming a cold drink, smoking a cigarette phoning their broker and overtaking all at the same time impressive multitasking yep absolutely and uh they, you know it, it all seems to work there, there seem to be few crashes um expect the unexpected seems to be a good good way of approaching all of that um but yeah so that i find that a little bit sort of stressful staying alive um and, <laughs> yeah and so and so by the time you actually get to having to do any of the stuff that you went in to, to do, you're already um, a, a little hot under the yeah. collar. Shall Literally say, and am. metaphysically. Yes, quite. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of weird, but we're, we're, we're getting it. I mean, uh, fantastically lucky to have this set of problems. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, yeah, yeah. I'm not complaining. I think I've coined um, a new term for what your current situation could be called. Oh, yeah? The Holly Jobby Bob. <laughs> You're beginning to sound like Harry now. <laughs> I think it could catch on. I, I've got to write it down. The Holly, Holly Jobby Bob. A Holly Jobby Bob. Okay, well, there we are. Look at that. The Holly Jobby Bob. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it would be fair. It would be accurate. I mean, today, what did I do today? I. Um, I got up and I took, took the dog for a walk round about dawn. Uh, it was a beautiful dawn. It's gorgeous. It's warm. I'm, I'm in uh, shorts and t-shirt walking the dog at dawn. That, that's pretty cool. That's awesome, yeah. Then I came back and, oh, we had various and sundry people coming. So I then uh, got a refresher on how to clean the swimming pool because <laughs> um, you, you kind of got to do that or it all goes horribly wrong. Yeah. So I got a little tutorial on that again hey that's not a bad way to spend half an hour um then i started wrapping up some furniture this was less fun so um i've got a bed that i've deconstructed and i'm wrapping it in sort of uh, polyurethane sheets uh to keep the dust out because that bed is now going into the loft in storage to make oh, space okay. for the beds that are coming from the uk so that was less fun because it was hot and I was in the sun. And I was trying to do things that require manual dexterity, which <laughs> is not really playing to my, my strengths. Um, so that was that was kind of holiday. Then I was um, actually doing an email for a potential client for the big sort of grown-up jobby job stuff. So I was discussing um, 
policies, procedures, risk assessments, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's definitely jobby. Yeah. And then I was writing the cover note for the next Nero's Notes subscription, which is kind of hobby jobby. So you're right, yeah. yeah the holly jobby bob. Yeah. <laughs> Might, in fact, if I can remember it for more than 10 seconds, be my new uh, my new phrase. <laughs> we can do an episode on it at some uh, stage. Yeah, I'll, I'll just have to put a little TM, TJ Cosgrove. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Sort of subtext. A little copyright symbol, keep it in there. Much, much like uh, the the lawsuit that I've started against Blackwing um, on our behalf. <laughs> yes, for their very blatant ripoff of our pencil, of course. The news. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, only weeks, weeks after our release of a pure black <laughs> pencil, these scavengers turn up with their own pure black. Um, I haven't actually seen one. No, neither have I. Um, my, my, my sub has arrived. Um, it is in England. Claire's seen it. Um, in fact, I have reason to believe that Claire has stolen one of the sub. <laughs> um, and she, she casually dropped that into an email and said, well, I thought I ought to try it just in case customers asked what they were like. Yes, there's 10 arrived for you here. 10, definitely only 10 arrived. <laughs> exactly. I suspect young Molly has probably got a strong opinion <laughs> on what the pencils are like as well. Uh, so uh, yeah, I've I'm due back in the UK uh, in uh, I suppose about ten days or so. I'm going back for a conference. Oh, good. And my my <laughs> my subs are being sent to somebody else who's attending the conference, <laughs> who's then going to bring them along so that I can get them back. Yeah, because uh, I don't have time to get down to uh, to Hampshire this trip. Uh, so there you are. Um, yeah, the, the legal uh, action is starting. Um, the uh, 1857 pencil rip-off case. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's logged off limited versus Palomino, Blackwing, Cedar, blah, 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 LLP, Inc. Um, <laughs> uh, incidentally, we're only kidding, guys. No, we're not Just in case anyone. anyone gets worried. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yes, we we did have the pure black pencil first. Um, although I suspect other people have probably beaten us to that one as well. Yeah, I think we discussed it for the first time. I drew a picture of it, and we discussed it in person when you were in Belfast over bullet beers in Belfast. As far as I yep. remember, yep. That that's what I put in the submission to the court. Um, <laughs> unfor- me. Uh, unfortunately, <coughs> the US the US Supreme Court is not complete at the moment. Um, mm, but yes. Yeah, that's that's the subject we'll leave to Harry. Yeah, for, for people say, other than ourselves. Let's keep it to the stationery, I think. I think probably best. Speaking of, what are you writing on and with? Um, I just, um, as as I was preparing to, to record, I just changed, actually. I pulled out, um, so I've got a sort of stock of pencils here um, that I left last time I came. So I've got a Koenor. Mm-hmm. Um the the nineteen hundred, so the black the black and uh, sort of cream ones. Uh, it's a uh, Toisson d'Or, a B grade, and I've just sharpened it up, and I'm writing in a Nomad Graph. I don't know if you've seen these. Uh, um, you sent me some of the uh, Sea Air Space, which I haven't tried yet. Yeah, yeah, these are a similar concept, but it's all around graph. So you have. Um, 
you have a little bit of dot grid, you've got then some tiny dot grid, you've Ooh. got sort of hexagonal graph, you've got standard graph, you've got all sorts of different variations on, on graph paper. Um, and they're really quite nice. Um, simple plain cover, white cover, uh, but really nice paper. And I, I love the mixed papers. I'm, I'm a big fan. Hmm. I've never used to any kind of degree any mixed paper notebooks because it seems like a weird one for me. I like standardization. I like knowing what's coming. And so I think it would throw me. But I guess, like anything, you can get used to it and you maybe even enjoy the fact that it doesn't conform. Yeah, I think that's it. I, I suspect if you used one every day, um, it would then become every day yeah. and not be so interesting. But no, I'm enjoying it. What about you? What are you using? So I'm using my Rotring 500.7 mechanical pencil uh, in my Field Notes Coastal, which I'm still trucking through. And I imagine will still be trucking through sort of three or four notebooks down the track for you. Um, but yeah, the Rotring is a class little mechanical pencil, all black. And sure. lovely, lovely pencil. I keep it in the top pocket of my work jacket. Of course, yes, jackets. I remember mm-hmm. those. <laughs> yeah, back in countries where the had to get that in <laughs> where where temperatures dip below twenty. Um, <laughs> we sometimes are wearing tweed. Well, I I wear tweed anyway. Um, so yeah, my Rotring five hundred and my Midori brass bullet are both living in my top pocket at the moment, and yeah, scribbling away notes furiously about king size bed sizes super king sizes and mortgage rates and all this nonsense that adult life throws at you <laughs> it, it's all fantastic and at the end as you say none of it matters <laughs> no not at all but it's part and parcel absolutely you gotta do it watching yeah uh, i still don't have a tv teacher <laughs> the world is your television uh, Absolutely. I've, I've been watching The Sunrise quite a lot. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it, to be honest. But you, you must have been watching something. Bits good. and pieces, yeah. So have you ever heard of a, a YouTube channel called Binging with Babish? No. I've, I suspect you might enjoy it. Uh, New York guy does cooking from his apartment. Uh, so the whole show is about cooking and replicating recipes from TV programs and movies. So okay. really, really well produced. The guy was a filmmaker before he did this. Really high production values. Really kind of cool, suave voice. Knows his stuff. Cares about what he's making. Funny. Just absolutely fantastic. The one I watched the other day was him making direwolf bread from Game of Thrones. A little bread in the shape of a wolf with, is it Macy Williams? The, the, the woman who plays um, Arya from Game of Thrones? So she was as a guest oh, okay. there. So does a lot of really, really cool stuff. A binging with Babish, B-A-B-I-S-H. Uh, have a look at that and watch a couple of episodes. You, I'm sure there's a something there that you'll recognize. Um, oh, give sure. it a watch. Really, really interesting stuff. But it's been a, I won't even say a guilty pleasure. It's just been a pleasure for a couple of, of years now that I've watched his stuff. And it's just fantastic. Okay, cool. Um, where do you watch this stuff? Do you do you sort of swing it onto a TV? Or yeah, we have a Chromecast, so I hurl everything onto there, and then I watch a fair amount of content on my phone as well. And, I mean, if I'm doing creative work, if I'm doing design stuff, I tend to have something on in the background. So there'll be a rotation mm-hmm. of things kicking off on one of my screens, just floating through, which is sort of paid attention to in parts and then less in others. So it's kind of just on, but... Yeah, I'm always consuming. We were talking about this because 
relatives and people were talking about you know sky and internet and basically cable tv for american listeners and i am mm-hmm. not a big fan of most of the packages i, I really want fiber broadband that sounds amazing because we can get some mm. ungodly speed of downloads so i'm all for that sure but yes. paying for television just is weird to me I, I know a lot of people who pay you know upwards of 60 70 pounds a month for watching television and it just boggles my mind because i mean netflix youtube maybe amazon prime if you're feeling fancy and then that's pretty much it everything else is surplus yeah i mean it i think it is um part of that is generational mm. I, it was probably two three years ago that i um in the american parlance cut the call <laughs> yeah um and I had I had no idea that I was spending, as you say, I think about sixty five, seventy Just pounds. Incredible amount of money monthly. Like if someone said, "I'm going to take seventy yeah. quid from your bank account every month, and you can watch this slew of programs, of which three things you will only ever watch," like you, all this choice, yeah, I, and you'll not watch any of it. I absolutely. I mean, the um, when when I sort of sat down um, and thought, okay, so. How, how am I going to work TV? Mm-hmm. Is this a good thing to be doing? Largely because I started listening to podcasts. Yeah. And I, I looked at this. I was going, okay, well, uh, Margaret doesn't watch anything that isn't on terrestrial. <laughs> yeah. Not because of some some sort of principal thing, but, uh, you know, we're, we're of that generation where, you know, for a long time we only had one to three. I remember so, one to five, so maybe that says something about me. But, yeah, one to five was, was my range. Well, yeah, I mean, that was really exciting when we got Channel 4 and Channel 5. I mean, oh, God, our world was complete. Five channels. Um, and so I think our thumbs never really got past the idea of going beyond five. And then I would watch um, uh, a bit of golf, mm-hmm. um, maybe a bit of rugby, um, and then pretty much I would rather watch any sport than than any soap opera so i would maybe default to a sport channel um out of boredom uh, but you know i i find that increasingly i wasn't interested in watching sport yeah uh, partly because golf has become uh slow even by golf standards um professional golf just takes forever i caught a little bit of the Ryder um, cup my dad had it on the other day when i was around so i caught a little bit and i i just dropped in and was like yeah the the Ryder cup is more of the the sportsman's game the or the golfer's <laughs> game. Just drop that tidbit in. Just no one knew where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, to uh, like I say, watching um, little little thunderclaps on the first tee. <laughs> I, I can't imagine that in most members' clubs in England. But um, yeah, it's it's astonishing that that there's a whole generation of you know of guys and girls my age. Who, who slavishly pay for, uh, in the UK, Sky, um, without any real understanding that actually they, for the same price, they could, as you say, have Netflix and Amazon Prime um, and what, probably two or three other subscription services yeah. and still be way under what they were paying for I mean, Spotify, for Sky, which is essentially a load of advertising. Yeah, I mean, it is just sold advertising. Yeah. I mean, people complain about Netflix starting to put adverts in, but I mean, normal TV has had it and had it quite, badly for a long long time and i mean i have netflix uh which is through a family subscription so i don't pay for that i have spotify which i pay for i was paying for amazon prime until recently and then i stopped it 
uh, and YouTube is free, although they have a paid subscription service now as well. So, I mean, mm-hmm. even if I paid for everything, Spotify, Netflix, Amazon Prime, and YouTube Premium, that's like 40 quid. Yeah. You know, and you're still getting a ton of more content. But, I mean, this is just a... I think we probably need a, a whole episode on TV uh, because this feels like a topic. But, yeah, crazy amounts of money. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I suppose you know, that's why they spend billions making these shows. <laughs> yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah, it makes them loads of money. Okay, so what about listening? Are you listening to anything good? Yeah, almost finished my book, uh, All These Worlds, Dennis E. Taylor, book three of three so far. Uh, so it's not, I think there's potentially another book in this series coming out, but it is not yet, so it's the end as we know it. Uh, and I'm about 20 minutes from the end, so I, I had to turn it off when I reached the car oh. today. So I kind of like, did I go for another walk just to finish this? But I don't think Meg would appreciate <laughs> that. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, I'm just off to finish my yeah, book. I just, just want to finish this real quick. But it's kind of it's kind of good and bad. I'm glad to finish the book because it was excellent, and I'm sad to see it go. But also, I think like yourself, I'm so behind on podcasts, so I kind of want to catch up again. Yeah, no, I th- that was my, my note was... Um, I, I sat here looking again and I go, what am I listening to? Oh, yeah, I haven't been listening to anything. Oh, no. Uh, so I opened up the podcast queue and then very quickly closed it again. Because um, it was it was going to start giving me palpitations and I could I could see myself sort of getting up in the middle of the night to sneakily listen to a podcast. Yeah, it's not FOMO, it's F-O-C-U, fear of catching up. <laughs> Foku? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not go with that one. Foku. Foku, yes. <laughs> Careful how you say that in Scotland. Yeah, that's um, maybe one for the sort of writing mediums rather than the spoken mediums. Perhaps. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, that's where I am. I've got uh, I've got through a few of my my favourite. I've got uh, I'm most of the way caught up with Erasable and uh, the Ben Alex now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, plenty of um, Apple ones to go, and of course that's. Everybody's going to be waxing lyrical about Apple Watch, well, whatever it is, five, um, and the 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 amazingly named XS or yeah. 10S. I thought that was a little on the nose, but whatever, it's just me. XR, yeah, it's it's postmodern, postmodern, yeah, modern po- post hmm. irony thing. What's it? Um, yeah. Hmm. it's unusual for me to look at a whole sort of you know release uh from from apple at the big event and go yeah no you're okay it's all right yeah um nothing there that's making me jump but then they may be on the cusp of uh announcing a new ipad that gets me excited who knows uh but i shall i shall feverishly listen um over the next few days because as we will get on to, there is a little bit of routine settling into my life now. Mm, very good. Uh, so I'm hoping that uh, yeah, normal service will be resumed. Um, reading, uh, as I think we mentioned last time, I'm reading Three Men in a Boat um, by Jerome, K. Jerome, um, which is a very sort of American-sounding name, but it's a very English book. Um <laughs> uh, it's it's about three men messing about in a river, really. Uh, really good fun and yeah, lovely short chapters. So I read a little chapter when I go to bed and think, okay, that's me. I'm ready to go to sleep. Sense of completion. Uh, 
yeah, just just nice. Um, and there was a, a radio competition today. Um, I listened to a radio station called BFBS, which is the British Forces Broadcasting Service. Um, so it's uh, very, very English. Um, so everything, everything you might hate about Radio 1, um, thrown into a sort of mix of music aimed at um, people whose primary function is to run around and kill people. <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, my family is steeped in, the, in the, the armed forces and I've grown up with this. So I kind of like it, but Margaret points out that they, they appear to have about 14 songs on the playlist. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and they just keep repeating them. So when you're listening to the to the radio all day, fortunately my memory is so bad that after after ten songs I've forgotten them all anyway. It's all fresh every day. Um, absolutely, it's, it's all new and exciting to me. But yeah, there was there was some uh, competition where the answer was doing this um, for twenty minutes a day can help you live ten years longer or something. Um, and it was it was reading a book. Hmm. Apparently, it uh, massively reduces stress levels and all sorts of things. Uh, so I, I must look into that a bit further. I'm sure. Yeah. Sure, there's some basis, in fact, somewhat. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, your note made me laugh. Uh, so I'll steal your thunder and say, ladies and gentlemen, TJ is reading mortgage offers, terms and conditions. Yeah. Uh, oh. I mean, nothing is more fun than legalese. And trying to parse what someone's far smarter and far more eloquently worded than you is trying to say. Um, <clears throat> some of the documents I've been reading recently, I'm going, okay, what are they saying? And then I read it four or five times and I go, oh, they mean they're selling the house. Good. That's what I want them to do. Okay, <laughs> fine. That, that's it. It's all above board. Um, uh, it's just having had no experience with solicitors and all of that lawyery nonsense and it meant in the nicest way, please, let me buy a house. Um, it's just so alien. It's so strange. And I, I have a good friend who is um, training to be a solicitor. And so it's a very good insight. I'm like, what does this mean? What, am I am I dumb for not understanding? What is that? Is this good? Is this bad? Am I in trouble? Am I fine? <laughs> it, it, so much of it is just navigating blindly by feeling through the darkness going, it's, no one said anything bad yet. Uh, yeah, so. well, the, the other thing is, it's um, uh, I, I always laugh with um, these things. People say to me, "You know, have you read the terms and conditions?" Now, okay, because of what I do for a living, sometimes yeah, I do read the terms and conditions. But people say to me, "You know, should I read the terms and conditions?" And I say, "Well, if there's something in the terms and conditions that you don't like, are you not going to sign the contract?" Yeah, <laughs> does it matter? Because <laughs> Because believe me, HSBC are not going to rewrite their mortgage <laughs> offer terms and conditions because you or I don't like yeah. clause eleven. I mean, that's just the way it is, and it's got to the stage now where lawyers don't read the terms and conditions anymore because they know that I mean, you know, Apple's terms and conditions or or Google's terms and conditions they are not going to vary them one iota one word, regardless of your feelings on the matter. So you either want that service or you don't. Yeah. It's, it's take it or leave it, which makes the whole thing largely irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I'm currently having an argument. I won't say a dispute yet, but I'm having an argument with 
the company that I paid to bring Nero um, over to Cyprus. Um, some things were not done in the fashion that I believe they should have been done. And so <laughs> I, I wrote I wrote an email saying, you know, how does this work? Because I saw this and this, 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 that. But. And the company has come back and said that their responsibility was to get Nero checked in. Um, and that thereafter, um, you know, what the airline does or doesn't do is, is up to the airline. And I said, well, hang on, I don't have a contract with the airline. I've got a contract with you. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, but you'll need to take it up with them. Well, they wouldn't even speak to me because I haven't got a contract with them. Which bit of this are you not understanding? And again, I had, you know, somebody quoting terms and conditions at me. So did you not read these? I said, yeah, sure, I've read them. But let's discount the terms and conditions here. What's the essential service that you were offering to get Nero checked in? And I said, well, I could have got a taxi driver to check in. <laughs> it's nonsense. Um, and, you know, in fairness to the company, we're, we're making some progress. Um, but yeah, the, the whole sort of world around terms and conditions, because well-meaning legislators have have pushed companies to say, look, you've got to tell everybody exactly what they're getting and what they're getting into mm-hmm. and what their risks and liabilities are. These companies have gone, are you sure? Yes, you must do it. And they've gone, okay. And so they've paid, you know, as you say, legions of lawyers to produce this completely impenetrable nonsense, which you're now supposed to read on your phone every time you sign up for something. <laughs> and let's be honest, no one really does. I mean, there, there are exceptions, no, but for the most part, most people ignore them. Well, you know, anybody who doubts this, just go and have a look at, for example, the iTunes terms and conditions, or uh, if you're in the Android world, go and have a look at your Spotify terms and conditions. Uh, there'll be a test next week. I mean, it's just <laughs> nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Anyway, enough of me um, haranguing everybody. What about <laughs> drinking? Let's get to drinking. Nothing after, exciting. After a fantastic week last week, you were on Lagavulin. <laughs> uh, what do I find now? Americano. Americano. Yeah, back to, back to oh, sobriety. Uh, well, I suppose, I suppose one of us has to. Um, I'm... Uh, <laughs> I'm relatively uh, sober insofar as I've discovered that drinking copious amounts of beer has quite dramatic effects on my insides. Mm. Uh, the details of which we, we most certainly do not need to get into. <laughs> um, so it, it's funny. Uh, we go to a quiz uh, quite regularly. A sort of bunch of expats gather around uh, doing a good old-fashioned English pub quiz in a Cypriot taverna. It's a wonderful juxtaposition of everything as you sit there with your kebab talking about <laughs> which which single from the Kinks came out, you know. Um, and uh, we have a tendency of doing quite well, um, presumably because the other people in the team are quite bright. And if you win, you get a bottle of wine. Um, and it's always dangerous giving me a bottle of wine. <laughs> uh, but this stuff is called Carousel. Or Carosol. It's from Spain. Nowhere in particular in Spain, which is never a good sign. <laughs> Just the Spanish larger continent. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's available in, in our local supermarket for one euro and fifty cents per bottle. 
a high quality product? Mm. So, um, given that that's not my usual sort of starting point for for a bottle of wine, I've been a little bit hesitant about drinking this. And one of the people that we're in the team with said, actually, if you put a load of ice and some lemonade in it, it's great. And because I was experiencing, shall we say, some explosive issues with my beer consumption, <laughs> I thought, do you know what? I'll, I'll try that. I'm going to have a little sort of rosé spritzer where I'll have a little bit of wine, some soda water and some, and some ice. And who knows? There it is. It, it's my beverage of choice. Now. I mean, any yes. any drink is good if you mostly don't drink it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's this is essentially soda water with a hint of wine, um, and it's cold. And I am I'm living in a hot climate, so it kind of works. But uh, yeah, that, that's my new thing. I'm drinking some rosé spritzers made with. Um, the the soda water is a lot more expensive than the wine. The two euro special. <laughs> yes. So to 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 buy a four pack of soda water is like four euros. Oof. Um, and and the bottle of wine is a euro fifty. So it actually comes to about the same price as a six pack of beer. There you go. Oh, there you go. Good to know. Um, and then uh, a neighbour turned up the other day with some homemade limoncello, Ooh. which is. Uh, limoncello is essentially concentrated lemon, sugar, and uh, methylated spirits. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, alcohol. <laughs> full, full blown. This stuff would make Lagavulin look like uh, a baby drink. I mean, it <laughs> blows your head off. And if the alcohol doesn't get you, then the sugar will. Uh, so you can you be running around in circles for for a couple of hours. <laughs> Uppers and diners together. That's the key. <laughs> That's, this the Italians had all that sorted long before it became fashionable. Ah, <laughs> oh, um, that's a good long right. pre. It was yeah, babbling on there. Mm. Uh, so parish notices. Well, I don't have any to offer um, other than the usual. Um, I'm I'm still blogging away at StuartLannon.com. Should be easy to remember, um, and I will. Uh, pick up all of the scans of any letters that have come in. Uh, they'll be picked up tomorrow, I'd suggest. Um, and yeah, if you, if you do feel like talking to us, then you can reach us uh, electronically or you can send us a letter. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you send us a letter, you get a reply, heavens to Murgatroyd, and you uh, you get a notebook. So feel free to write it. Not bad. What about you? What are you up to? I guess I should do the obligatory plug. If you want to support Wooden Graphite, I've got another video coming out. There's a Patreon. There's a link in the, subscri- uh, the, the subscription. There's a link in the description. Um, give me give me a little hand making videos. But another one coming out soon. Uh, sort of tentatively titled The Worst Pencil in the World. Uh, uh-huh. So you may have an insight into what that might be. Uh, and I also have uh-huh. some of the erasable notebooks, the uh, anniversary ones. So... I designed the logo for those, and so I have a couple of them sitting there. I'm going to do a little bit of a walkthrough on them. Oh, cool, because I've got one of those uh, waiting for me in Andover. Mm, very nice. I've looked at mine. I haven't used it yet, but they are they are really nice. But yeah, I did the original Erasable logo way back when, and so I did the, I think it's the 100th episode, 150th episode, 100th episode, um, and I did the, the custom logo for that as well. Okay, cool. 
Yeah, I mean, I um, before we recorded today, I asked in the in the Slack um, for people's thoughts on on the sort of latest uh, editions because we've got uh, end notes out from uh, from field notes, mm-hmm. which are slightly different different size, um, different shape, and generally the online sort of response has been really mixed. You know, people who who like the bigger format love the books. Um, people who are sort of, you know, old school field notes yeah. hate them. Pocket notebook sized. Yeah. Um, and uh, I love dime. I don't, did you see the dime? Did you ever get hold of a I think I have one kicking about. Yeah, the dime, dime novel. novel one. I, I loved those. And they then spawned um, what is now a stock line called Signature, uh, available at Nero's Notes, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> Which, you know, I love those books. I think they're great. And so these are going to be right up my alley, I think. Um, I'm glad they're doing something different. Is, yeah, I, I like to see a bit of variety. Um, what's a, a little bit weird is my stock to sell in Nero's Notes has arrived. Um, my subscription hasn't yet. Hmm, that is strange. Um, where in common with most people in the UK, um, they haven't arrived yet. Field Notes do stagger their... Um, their distribution. I think it's part of a deal with with FedEx or someone, mm-hmm. uh, because because mine always turns up from Sweden. Oh, um, and I know I know field notes aren't in Sweden, um, but that's how FedEx are routing them somehow. And I, I'm guessing the time lag helps with the economy of scale, economy of price, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's a bit weird. So Claire's sort of creating a little sub for me. Um, and then when my sub arrives, that goes back into stock. Oh, good. That's good. Uh, it's always, yeah, it's all a bit backwards. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to those those sort of new feels. Um, and I am looking forward to those black wings as well. Yeah, the nice, the uh, Nero's Notes 1857 version. Yeah, indeed. I'm, I'm sure we'll get a credit on the second <laughs> Every pencil needs to be signed by us. So if you just send them all to us first, we'll sign them, put the TM on it, and we can send them back. Most of them will probably get there. That's that's. I imagine how it will work <laughs> to the quarry. <laughs> okay, so right now the topic: discombobulation. Discombobulation. Which is there actually a real word rather than a made-up word, which tends to be the case. Yeah, no, it's um, it's a, it's a word of which I am fond, um, purely because it's such a swine of a word to say or write. Um, <laughs> but it, it to me it sounds very much like what it means. Onomatopoeic. Mm, no, that's, that's not. Yes, I was going to say it's not quite onomatopoeic <laughs> because it it doesn't really sound like anything. Um, but it, it's it's confusion, it's discomfort, it's difficulty, it's struggle, it's all of those things are how I am finding this uh, again. Don't don't at me. I know a very very lucky person <laughs> to be moving to somewhere hot and stuff. But uh, it's just so weird. I used to move countries at the drop of a hat, and it did not bother me a jot. Um, but for some reason, well, not for some reason, for several reasons, many of which we're about to discuss, uh, I'm finding this really, really a big change. Mm-hmm. 
um, of I part of the problem is that I associate um, where I'm sitting now as being holiday. Yes. This is where I come for a bit of fun. This is where I come and do stuff. Um, and now it's becoming something other than that. This is becoming, you know, home base, uh, where I'm going to spend the majority of my time. And I find that discombobulating. Um, I'm not quite sure who to be, how to be, what to wear. Um, because I think we all have slightly different persona, don't we? For, for the different elements of our life. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and so, you know, I find it quite tough to be on a, on phone calls here um, talking, talking anti-money laundering. Um, I find it quite tough to be, you know, focusing on uh, P&L statements and, you know, all the sort of businessy type stuff when, when I'm, you know, God forbid, hanging around in a sarong. It's just a bit weird. There, there you go. There, there's a mental image that can't be unseen. Uh, apologies to anybody that's eating. But I, I just find that now so difficult. And all of the um, routines that, that I built up over the last few years where um, Nero's Notes uh, was part, was a very strong part of my life and how it was going to work and how my life was building around the various and it all became very routine and I kind of knew where I was and I had spaces for different things and different sort of mindsets. And all of that's just completely shattered now. Mm -hmm. and, and schedules that I had have gone to pot and I'm, I, I don't know what to do. I, ah! <laughs> yeah, I, that's, that's a pretty I, good summation of what it feels like. It's not the most articulate thing that I've ever come out with, but it's it really is very, very confusing. And I'm not quite sure. And Margaret is feeling uh, something similar too. Um, I mean, Margaret expresses and feels things in very different ways. Um, and just to keep me guessing, she does a lot of transference. So um, she'll get very aerated about something that really, really confuses me. So I'm like, why is this an issue? The thing is, it's not an issue. It's just, it's a reflection of an issue somewhere else. Yes. And I've got to track those reflections back to find the right one. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it is a little bit uh, difficult to understand exactly how we're going to live. And I think, you know, not having our belongings here um, is part of that. And, the whole sort of stress of, okay, they're going to arrive at some point um, once I've paid all the right people the right amount of money and showed them the right bits of paper, um, somebody's going to release our chattels and suddenly a big car is going to arrive in the driveway and at the last count, 235 packages <laughs> are going to oh, be dear. brought into my house. Yeah. Um, and we're going to have to say, yes, put that here, that there, that here, that there, that. And from experience, I know that after the sort of huge explosion of activity over several hours where they go, you want this bed put together? Everybody then disappears and you look at each other and go, that's in the wrong room, isn't it? <laughs> Shouldn't be in the kitchen. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that, that definitely is the other end of the house. Yep, that 175 kilo piece of furniture is in the wrong room, isn't it? Fantastic. Shall we lift it? 
shall we move it? At which point, both of us try and lift it and go, ah, right. I, don't, I, I know all this stuff's going to happen. <laughs> and I suppose the fact that I know it's going to happen is part of why it's stressing. Yeah. Is that you, you're then left with just surrounded by boxes. And then you, I mean, I know I will open boxes and go, what on earth possessed me to bring them? <laughs> yeah. We were, doing the, we're packing things up now to move. And it's like, I've kept this for three years. Why did I keep it for three minutes? Why? What is this doing? And the just the confusion of present me because of past me's actions is a consistent theme in my life. <laughs> well, I've, uh, people, um, as I'm doing sort of all sorts of admin stuff, like I've had a couple of firms come in here to to quote me for, for putting alarm on the mm-hmm. house um, post burglary. And so we do the usual chat, and I've I've dealt with alarm companies before. I used to run bureau shops, so yeah, I sit around and talk to these guys, and and they they try and sound very reassuring um, in such a way that they can plant lots of seeds of fear because fear sells, yeah. particularly yeah, yeah. if you're looking at alarm systems, and that's fine. I don't mind them doing that. I get a little bit alarmed that they're doing it to Margaret because I can see her eyes go wider yeah. as she starts creating these scenarios in her head. But anyway, at the end of it all, I'll say, okay, well, look, um, get me a quote together, get it through to me by email. And they're like, okay. And can I give you a call afterwards? And I go, yeah, sure. And I go, what's your number? And I'll, I'll start reciting my number. They go, do you not have a Cypriot mobile? Well, yes, I do. And the SIM card is in the container. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and e- even as I say it, I think... If there was one thing that had yeah. to come in my hand, it was probably the SIM card. But could I find it? Could I, Eck? So it's stuff like that. Uh, another thing, because Cyprus is fairly old school in its bureaucracy, one of the pieces of paper that we need for pretty much every bit of bureaucracy is a marriage certificate. I mean, you would imagine that my name is Stuart Lennon, my wife's name is Margaret Lennon. Yeah. We, we both have passports. If we said we were married, it might be reasonable. I mean, it would be a hell of a coincidence if we weren't. <laughs> but without the marriage certificate, we pretty much can't do anything. Where's that? In the container. <laughs> you can just wait three to four weeks uh, and then come down to the port with me. I'll be happy to show you. Well, no, because the, you know, the next person who wants to see the, my marriage certificate... It's the person at the port. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, they're they're going to say to me, okay, so you've got this, you've got that. Okay, well, to do this, you have to do that. And you, oh, do you have a marriage ticket? Uh, no, you've got it. Container it's number four. The container. <laughs> uh, they, I know they're going to look at me with that sort of utter contempt that only a bureaucrat can muster. <laughs> you've never emigrated before, have you, sir? <laughs> Uh, you know, it's just things like that. All, all of these little things, each one of them as 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 they crop up. I think in the past, I, I used to just sort of laugh them off. But now I'm like, oh, no, I can't. Oh, there's a oh, cumulative damn. effect. Yeah. Yeah, there's a building that happens. And, yeah. I mean, discombobulation is something I've dealt with on, on many occasions. And it always seems to come in waves. It never seems to be, oh, a little bit of something. I'm a bit confused. I don't know what's happening. Oh, it's gone away. It seems to be either it's bad or it's not there. 
like at least for me there's a you know you can brush them off to a certain degree but it's whenever you reach sort of uh, there's a tipping point and once you reach that it's just mass hysteria and confusion and so i moved to england probably about six years ago for university six or seven years ago Mm -hmm. and that was one of those times where i was moving out of my parents house i was moving to a different country i was starting university I was financially and physically independent for the first time. And it was everything had changed. Literally every single aspect of my life was not the same as it was before. And that's a really weird situation to be in, especially when you're like 21. And so it is strange. It is. It throws you. There's no way to deal with that kind of thing. It's like the, the mortgage nonsense that I'm going through now. I don't have the experience. I've never done this. And so everything is new, strange, and startling. Uh, but whenever you change everything and you have no touchstones, and literally everything you come across is strange and startling, it does. It wears you down, and eventually there's a point where you just think, ah, "I don't, I don't even know where to start untangling this." And I had that mm. when I moved to England. Um, and but I think it's a really good, it's a really good avenue for change, positive change, if you want it to be. So it's a very good way to get that clean break, to get that, you know, the fresh start, uh, different approach, different routines, because you have no routines. So you might as well start some new ones and they might as well be positive. Um, so I started going by TJ when I moved to England because there was plenty of Thomases. Uh, TJ was shorter, less common and more memorable. Uh, and I was going in to do film, remember? So TJ looks a lot better than Thomas on movie credits. Uh, so... Yeah, I did that and that stuck. And now I'm in this weird situation where I have two branches of my life where people who know me from before I went to university call me Thomas and people who know me from after university call me TJ. And so there's this weird disconnect where it's almost like a reference to a previous Mm -hmm. version of me. But then Megan just throws a spanner in the works because Megan always talks about me as Thomas, never TJ. And so people I have never met will come up and go, oh, hello, you must be Thomas. I'm like, oh, hello, I don't know who you are. That's very confusing. <laughs> and so, the, yeah, so what I thought would be a, a nice, clean delineation is is muddied by my significant other, um, much to my chagrin, but I still love her, so. Well, and, and the fact that you boomeranged, you went back. If you'd gone from Northern Ireland to the UK and then from the UK to the US, yeah. for example, you'd be increasingly TJ. And at less and less Thomas. That's right. Yeah. Now I've come now back to gone the back into the bosom of all the Thomas <laughs> Thomas people. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So yeah, and every now and again, people from one side of my life will meet another person from the other side, and they kind of both get this quizzical look and go, "Oh, oh, is that what the T stands for? Oh, oh what does the J stand for?" And it's this ever-present conversation I have to have with people of like, "What do you think it stands for?" Because I don't want to just tell you because that kind of just destroys any kind of mystique that I had built up. Um, <laughs> oh dear it's Joshua it stands for Joshua we can stop asking now. I think I, I can't remember when I asked you whether you told me um I like the idea I that it's uh, Theodore Jefferson or something I, I toy with the idea of telling every single person who asks me something different and then there'll be no consensus whatsoever well you, you could change it by depot I have talked TJ. about that. Yeah, I've talked about putting that in front of my name. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things that 
it sounds like a good idea until you realize it's more paperwork and bureaucracy and you're like nah it just doesn't matter I'll just tell you. yeah it really doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a much a much smaller, different version of what you're talking about. But the same kind of confusion, same kind of discombobulation, and you know, and even little bits of it now. Certainly not at the same level, but you know, the jobby job is changing how I think about myself. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not. I don't run my own company the same way. Um, you know, I'm now. We're getting a house, and you know, we're started those awkward. Those not quite awkward. They're just very adult conversations about. Well, you know, do we want kids? Do we want to do this? Do we want to do that? And you start talking about careers and you start talking about all this stuff. And, you know, mortgages and life insurance make everything very, very real. And so it's this weird yeah. kind of transition from, oh, I was a kid like 15 minutes ago. And now I'm talking about interest rates. That's good. But Well, I mean, the, the huge thing that, that I remember about um, my first mortgage was uh, the time scale. Yeah. Where 30 years. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I used to think of five years as long term. Yeah, and then some banker, and I, I meant that banker, said to me, uh, "Okay, so the the loan will be twenty five years." I'm like, "What? Tw- tw- I have no concept of what twenty five years means." Do you realize I only possess twenty seven years? That is a long time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and um that's the the huge body shock with the mortgage yeah. is, is this whole sort of long term i mean essentially you know i am chaining myself to your bank pretty much for, yeah as long as i've been alive um it actually doesn't work out like that but it doesn't it doesn't feel uh any different no i'm trying to comfort myself by saying well you know there's overpayments and i'm doing overpayment calculations and and i mean we we, we can overpay and we, i will not spend 30 years paying off a mortgage as but that way if i have any kind of financial control over it it will not be 30 years it'll be paid off significantly faster if i can have any kind of voice in it but at the same time it is the number and you're like oh well okay i suppose uh, yeah well it's it's the it's the fallback isn't it because as you say if um if little, uh, you know, 27 mini TJs come along, uh, <laughs> each one of those becomes, uh, uh, you know, five years an, on the additional mortgage. drain on resources. <laughs> so it's like, okay, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll overpay next year. Yeah. yeah or maybe next year. Maybe, maybe next maybe, year. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, it's quite ambitious. You can overpay, I think, 10% of the total loan amount per year, yeah. which obviously then scales yeah. back as your loan decreases because you're paying it off. But mm-hmm. I worked it out and I was like, oh, Meg, we could overpay by seven hundred pounds a month, and she's like, "But we won't be paying seven hundred pounds a month. Like, uh, like that is not even the total amount. You want to pay extra?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Well, I don't want to, but look at the savings we could make." Yeah, no, I mean, uh, <laughs> all of those those calculations are are ones that you have to do, and yeah. a lot of people don't do them. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, they did a survey in the UK, or oh, must have been 10, 15 years ago, where they asked people, uh, you know, how much was your mortgage? And pretty much everybody knew how much they borrowed. Yes. And then it was, how much will you pay back by the time you've paid it off? <laughs> yeah, no and one knows nobody that. had the first notion. It's like double. Um, it's almost double. Yeah, I mean, again, you're showing your age. Um, <laughs> in the bad old days, it would be four times. Jeez. You know, when, when, when interest rates were running at uh, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15%. That's fierce. Um, 
Yeah, well, you know, fifteen percent is probably closer to normal than than what you currently pay. Yeah, it's just worth remembering. You know, if you take normal over a long enough um, uh, scale, zero point two five as as a base rate, zero point five as a base rate. That that's pretty unusual. Yeah. Although for people of your age, that's been the reality since you've been an adult. Pretty much, yeah. Which is kind of weird. Um. But yeah, it, it, it is, uh, it's astonishing the amount of money that you can save, particularly if, you know, you're overpaying when, uh, when times are good. Yes, uh, exactly. And interest rates start moving the other way, then obviously your savings just compound and grow. And, yeah, uh, geometric progression. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things, it's easier, it's easier to look at it in terms of years, I find, than money. Because you're like, yeah, I'm already mm-hmm. into like four zeros, five zeros, six zeros here. So don't give me zeros. They mean nothing here. I've already got sort of pound sign blindness. Tell me it's going to be mm-hmm. paid off eight years faster and I'm on board. You know, those are the kind of numbers sure. that make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, but discombobulation say, uh, incoming. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's, it's all that sort of... Um, uh, yeah, it's all very serious, isn't it? It's all serious. It's all long term. But as you said, the way to the way to deal with it is to lean into it, and that's what I'm yeah. trying to do now. And that's I, I said at the start of the episode. I'm beginning to find my feet a little bit. You know, the dog is because um, the dog was was kind of distressed when we picked him up. He was. It can't be fun flying if you're a dog, um, no. and he took off in I think it was three degrees centigrade. And he landed in 36. That's a substantial difference. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're a full-blown human with sort of the rational uh, ability to work out what's happening, that's still a bit of an adjustment. If you're a dog who frankly has not the faintest notion what's going on, um, it must have been, what the hell's happened here? Um, And, you know, the the new house is, as I've said before, it's at the top of stairs. So, um, for the dog, he's on a balcony looking at me at the bottom of the driveway, come up in the car. Then the car mm. disappears underneath him. <laughs> he can undoubtedly smell me and hear me, but he's got no idea how to get to me, um, you know, through external stairs, internal stairs. So, being a dog, he just does what dogs do and just run around in random circles and shout at everything and see what happens. He's now beginning to get an idea of, of how it works now. And, yeah. you know, he gets me up in the morning saying, okay, it, it's walk time. And uh, come come after, you can set, set your watch by him in the afternoon. He'll start hassling me about half an hour before walk time. So he's beginning to sort of just put those brackets around my life. Um, and, you know, all of these terrible first world problems I've got, you know, I'm beginning to understand when I'm going to go and play golf. What a struggle. Um, <laughs> Margaret and I are getting an idea of sort of how we want to eat. I know it sounds weird, but, you know, you eat differently when you're on holiday. Absolutely. So when we would come out, when we would come out here, uh, we would predominantly be eating out uh, for our main meals and, you know, occasionally eating in for a change or just, you know, out of fatigue. Um, 
Whereas now we go, well, hang on, this, this is our life. We're not going to go out and eat restaurants every night. So, no, we'll stay in and then look at each other and go, what the hell are we going to eat? <laughs> Groceries? Where do they happen here? Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, was that all oh, that thing over there? What, what the, yeah, it's a cooker. I'm sure I've seen one of those before. There's an um, on button somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's all of that stuff. You know, we, we at home and at home in England, we had uh, one of these funky induction things. Um, and my favourite element of, of the house in England is that I had a an extractor fan that rises out of the work surface. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you press the bu- you press the button and it would come up, and every single person I've met who's ever seen it automatically starts humming the Bond theme. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked. Think, yeah. I looked into whether I could get my HomePod to play the Bond theme. <laughs> if this, then on a sort of you know, exactly that I was going to, trying to find a way of getting the induction hob connected to the internet so that I could have it play the Bond. Anyway, <laughs> the smart hob. <laughs> yeah all very cool over and then here uh you know we've got a little gas cooker and and the gas this is this is what i love about cyprus it, it looks like a you know a sort of box standard gas cooker uh-huh. but then if you go the, the other side of the wall you will find the gas bottle <laughs> with a little tube that goes through a hole in the wall to the back of the cooker that, <laughs> that's that's how gas works here that's fantastic have you got um, gas in your area? Yeah, I brought them myself. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> I've got one in each hand, look. Um, and uh, it's great. You know, we like the thing. And, uh, you know, the the the, the, uh, the burners keep blowing out because the wrong window's open or something. You know, all these things have just, just been, <laughs> you know, we're grown-ups. We should be able to cope with this stuff. Um, but it has been a case of saying, you know, wow, what are we going to eat? Yeah, you go well, beans on toast, and you go. It's thirty-four degrees. I'm sure I want beans on toast. <laughs> you can have um, a cold bread with yeah. bean sauce. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you begin to get into it all, and then Margaret goes, "Well, you know, I, I need a carb-free version." I'm thinking, well, carb-free is a very Cypriot thing, to be honest. But yeah, um, all of those things are, are the things that that kind of throw us. Um. But we're beginning to get there, just, I suppose, through, you know, sort of bloody-mindedness. You you, <laughs> you have you have to eat some things, so you think, okay. Yeah. And so, you know, get me barbecuing some things, that's fine. But then, you know, we did it sort of three nights in a row, and my, Margaret looked at me and said, you know, if you give me another piece of barbecued pork, I'm going to hit you with it. Um, yeah. And and a lot of the stuff that the Cypriots eat because they're acclimatized, you know, it's you know moussaka and it's all lovely food. But it's like, wow, in this heat, you can eat that. You know, yeah, I, just give me ice cream. I'm so, yeah, I'm struggling to get past a piece of melon. You know, um, <laughs> but it's getting there. It's getting there. And I, I mean, I have this this lovely little office, but during the day, I don't really come here because. You know, part of the whole living the dream is that Margaret and I spend some time together. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's quite nice to sit upstairs with the with the iPad. Um, and of course, Margaret's got no idea when I'm looking at Facebook or actually trying to construct an email. And so it's like, oh, yeah, kind of need to leave me alone now. Um, you need like a little flag you can put up or a little hat or something with some sort of flag system. 
Well, I dare say, give it a couple of days. She'll be sick of me anyway. And she'll be like, you're not going out to the office. Um, yeah. Go, go, go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at which point, you know, once I'm down here, then uh, obviously with the proviso that somebody's now going to throw 230 boxes at me. Um, <laughs> Which will then cause its its own generation of chaos. As I, I mean, I know for a fact I've got two dress kilts coming. Literally, eight yards of heavy wool. Uh, um, I can't see a I day might, where you won't wear that. I mean, my dress kilts have got fly plates, which are like the massive thing, sort of sashes that go over your shoulder, um, and you know, waistcoats, and then short jackets. And uh, hats, uh, woolly socks, <laughs> ski and do, you know, a wee knife in the, and killy brogues with laces that go all the way up your legs. I'm thinking, yeah, well, that's ideal. That, that'll look great <laughs> down the beach. The strange Scotsman uh, prowling the streets yeah, in his yeah. dress coat. Well, already, already I've got the whole, you know, who's that? Who's that? Have you seen the guy with the stockings? What, what's that all about? You know, <laughs> yes, I saw your golf fight fit the other day. That's absolutely marvellous. Oh, uh, the, well, the plus twos. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got, if you think that one's good, wait till you see the next one. The uh, uh, Back to the Future uh, is, <laughs> is, is the other one, which is, as you might imagine, a sort of uh, play on pink and purple. Um, goes down very well. So yeah, I, I'm already reasonably well known at the golf club, funnily enough. But uh, yeah, it's just beginning to get those things and and to look at what we do and how we do them and uh, you know why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Margaret and I this evening we were talking about okay, well, you know, Mediterranean folk tend to to eat big around lunchtime and mm-hmm. then uh, go to bed first and foremost to have a kip. Um, and then in the evening, you you might nibble at something. As you said, you might have a bit of ice cream. That might be your evening meal. Um, yeah. You might just have a bit of fruit. Um, if you're Cypriot, you might be up till three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, just nibbling at this and nibbling at that. Wow. Um, and you're thinking, well, actually, we could do that. You know, there's n- nothing to say that we c- we can't. And it's just trying to work out how that's all going to work and fit around all the other things that we want to get done, like you know, worky type stuff. Hobby yeah. type stuff, um, and actually, it's quite a positive. Or perhaps I'm just telling myself this. It's quite a positive thing to look at all of these uh, things that we do and things that we cling to and say, actually, uh, are they right? Are are they relevant? Are they? Is there a better way? Yeah, yeah. I think one um, of the things that comforts me, and it's it's a very sort of sciencey technical engineering thing. It's the second law of thermodynamics, which says that entropy always increases with time. So disorder is completely unavoidable. We, you know, we can't control everything. Things will happen outside of our control. Things will happen that seem random and are largely random. The difference between disorder and chaos is planning. And you know, I know I'm going to be completely bamboozled, completely discombobulated, but I know what I want to achieve. Therefore, I have the notion of a plan of how to get there. Therefore, even if everything is completely up the left, I have something to start steering me. And I might figure out it's the wrong direction, but at least I'm moving. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that helps me anyway. No, no, I, 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 
all sorts of big words in there. This is the big words episode, isn't it? Um, it is a big. But word no, I, I know what you're saying. It's it's understanding. I think that that chaos is a natural state. Yes. And not going on. I mean, another example that we have at the moment is uh, Margaret looks at the house and goes, "Why was it burgled? Mm-hmm. Are they coming back? How can I stop it? What what if? What 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 what?" And you yeah. know, that sort of anxiety is very real and feeds itself to a certain extent. And it's, um, you know, sitting down together and talking, okay, there has been a burglary. Okay, it was an empty holiday home. They're kind of attractive to burglars. Um, what's different now? Well, what's different now is that there's a car in the driveway um, there's us moving in and out around different times, lights going on, off. There's uh, a noisy miniature schnauzer randomly barking, generally running in the wrong direction. But hey, you know he'll he'll get better at that. <laughs> at least he's loud. <laughs> he certainly is loud. There's a great echo, um, and this is you know it's it's a Cypriot village, so um, the the message goes round, and you'll get dogs barking for about 15 square miles it's like a chain of beacons um so you know all of those things actually point to the the house being much less much less at risk than it was and then you you try and tie into that the sort of statistical evidence that you know the uk is a much more there's much more crime in the uk than there is in cyprus there's you know all those things and you're trying to to put some order around the chaos. Um, you know, the idea of a burglary is horrible. It's horrific. Um, it's an invasion. You know, all the feelings that people feel. Um, you know, those are very genuine, real feelings. Um, I, I'm not saying I'm immune to them, but I'm perhaps more rational about them than some people are. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't... I don't feel those anxieties particularly, but Margaret does, you know, and, and for her, it's, you know, if, if we could put landmines out in the garden, I think she would probably go for it. <laughs> At least you'd know if they were coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, we've had alarm companies who've suggested that we use external um, sensors so that essentially if you come within 12 metres of my house, an alarm will go off. And I'm thinking, okay, I mean, it sounds ideal, you know, unless you're the postman. Yeah. Or you've you've come to read the meter. Um, You know, there is no perfect solution. And uh, as a policeman said to me, he said, look, you know, the locks are to keep the honest people out. You know, there's only so much you can do. And if somebody is determined to to take you on, then they will take you on. But... um, with sufficient deterrent, you know, with touch wood, he said, we're probably going to be okay here. But as you say, it's it's planning to deal with the chaos that is yeah. a bad person may come and do bad things. Um, and it's, yeah, it is a struggle. It, it, it is, I think, harder uh, now than it was before. For me, anyway. And I don't know if that's age or experience or a bit of both. I don't know. 
But at least I don't have a mortgage to think about. <laughs> <laughs> what a delightfully annoying segue. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm just thinking, you know, I, I, I remember being where you are. And uh, it is it is suddenly, it's, it's like big boy panties time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It, it was funny. We were kind of saying, right, well, and I'm still thinking in, in if scenarios because we've been burned with buying a house before. So I'm like, well, if we get this house and if it sort of completes in December, what are we going to do with all this time that we've been spending on, you know, looking at houses, f- pricing out houses, finding out if we can buy houses, talking about buying houses, trying to buy houses, looking at houses. You know, all of that time and effort we've been spending the last 12 months doing is suddenly... You're going to go and buy loads keys. of kayaks. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> I think we're going to get the keys and we're going to walk in and go, oh, well, that's done. What do uh, we do yeah, now? Then there's the, the interior design. Uh, um, yeah. Th- then there's uh, there's already been clearly some some uh, mini TJ mini Meg conversations. I think uh, the dog I, is I more have... more pressing issue. Yeah, <laughs> well, do- dogs I know about, but uh, the other ones, yeah, it, you'd be amazed how quickly your time will be filled. <laughs> <laughs> someone someone at work the other day was like, "Oh, no, how's it going? How's it going? Oh, you're getting your house sorted. You get married. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So you're kind of on the motorway now, and. And then he got this far off look in his eyes. Yeah, you're on the motorway and there's there's just no exits coming up. Anyway, that's good. And it's like, oh, thanks for that dark vision of the future. Welcome to the treadmill. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then he was like, yep, so that's good. Bye. Oh, cheers. Yeah. Well, I, again, I mean, you, this is another episode in itself, but the ironies of modern life are that you absolutely break yourself trying to get onto the property ladder uh-huh. and the minute you're on it you start spending time and energy to get out of this house that you've just killed yourself to get hold of so <laughs> I wanted you then start spending you, you then start spending on on holidays on hobbies um, you start trying to earn enough to not look after your house so that you can I need have to earn enough money so I can buy it. a holiday home so I can buy a holiday home that I don't have to be in this one. <laughs> no, but your your pride and joy, your garden. No, no, no. I want someone to come and do it for me. I, I, but this is this is our lovely home. We designed it ourselves. No, get someone else to clean it. <laughs> Why? So that we can go and spend more time in nice restaurants. But what's wrong with your lovely kitchen? I don't know how it works, but it, it's undoubtedly true. Uh, I think it's one of those things I'm just going to have to, like mortgages, discover along the way. Absolutely. I, I, that's that's all the fun of it, isn't it? Right. Well, I think we've probably reached a, a little natural break there, even with I think so. a sort of quiet moment. Um, so I suppose it remains for me to say, I've been Stuart Lennon. And I've been TJ Cosgrove. Remember to make the past the present in the future. This was 1857.